just so amazing when we listen to people that God uses from all over the place. And today is a, a story of a person that God is using in WA to catalyze movement. We're going to be listening to Jill Burt from Western Australia, who's one of the crowd um, with us in Praxis, and she's catalyzing teams and workers and has a rich history in mission and pastoral work. And she's uh, based there doing a wonderful work with numbers of situations. And so you're going to be blessed as we listen to Jill Burt. Jill, welcome to the Conversations As You Go podcast. Thanks, Dave. It's really great to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Jill, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I, I live in Perth, um, have adult sons, uh, my family. I was widowed uh, nine and a half years ago. So I've been on this new journey, a new season of um, making disciples who can make disciples. And, and it's... it's unimaginably fulfilling and just gives me so much joy just it's wonderful love doing it what i'm doing well jill we just love you being part of what god is doing and it's so much fun watching you following jesus and letting him use you in so many different ways and yeah Uh, just tell us a story from your context okay well i for probably about four years i've been working with a group of people who are part of a church in the hills east of Perth. Uh, so we have this amazing c- connection with this church. It's a real partnership. And they want me to help them build and mould disciple makers so that their community will be impacted with the good news about Jesus. So I've been doing that for a while and, and things are blossoming. So we're going out further into the country regions and uh, we're, we're trying to stretch into local communities without attracting people to a building or a program uh, unless it's something that really serves hurting people. And we know they've got trouble and, and they need Jesus. And so uh, this... Church, they run a kids program, mm. uh, music programs, amazing stuff. But it, it's so overbooked. You know, they've got a long, long waiting list. And we keep having GPs, doctors in our local community, referring people to this kids group. And, and they can't, there's no space for them. So this little group off to the side from the church, it, it's ap- actually a community group. They decided they were going to run something for mums, young mums. So they call it the village, and we trained for six months. We did uh, leadership training. We did mental health first aid training, and, and we built a team. There's eight to ten of us in the team. Now, about six of the women on that team know how to make disciples. Mm. They've done disciple-making training uh, with me, and so... We've gone into that group uh, looking week by week for people who are hungry, for spiritual conversations, people who we know they, they need Jesus. And a number of these women know that they need something, but they don't know what they need. So we're seeing things like anxiety, fear, um, brokenness, loneliness, 
massive issues. Uh, and quite a few of the girls we've been reaching have actually moved into the area uh, for work. But it, it's the hills. It's, there's hardly any public transport. They're stuck. Uh, but they're coming to the village week by week. And we're able to build relationships with them. And you, you just get into their lives. You know, I'm, I'm getting on in years. I'm in my late 60s. Mm. And so to be part of this group, you, you're sort of there, not even as a mother figure, you're there almost as a grandma figure. But because of my life experience and the respect around the group, you get opportunities to speak. Mm. And my stories, um, even though it's a community group, my stories are often full of Jesus. I get to speak to this group. You know, I'm going back to talk with them about how do you build a network of friends when you move to a new place? I'd have done that a few times in my life in a couple of different cultures. But but just to, you know, that that's an open doorway. For, for me to go through and to, for the gospel. So these girls, they come, we have fun in the morning, we eat, drink coffee, eat cake, do all those things, listen to someone speak and we've got time to discuss and talk. And out of that, we're seeing our women who are disciple makers inviting people into their homes or into a park to go and have play dates with their kids or just meet over coffee. And out of that... Uh, we're, we're seeing that we're going to have discovery groups birthed and we're about to birth two groups out of the mums who come to wow. that group. Wow, that's so good. And this, this draws us into the idea that <clears throat> churches traditionally uh, have focused on lostness, uh, quite, quite intentionally just focusing on these people are lost and they're... Uh, potentially not going to be in heaven, so the primary emphasis is not engaging with their needs, but engaging with a uh, a gospel message. But really, access ministries is really engaging with people's brokenness. That that's absolutely it, and for us to be really prepared. You know, I'd never done mental health training before, but but so you. There's more confidence to be able to engage on that level mm. with people when they come and they're, you know, you can see they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and just to be able to walk alongside them, Dave, it, it's, it's really rich, really mm. rich. Yeah. 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 So, the, so the idea of lostness and brokenness are often separated by the church. Um, are we. We engage with brokenness, but we don't engage with their lostness. Or we engage with the lostness, um, but we don't engage with their brokenness. And and yet here you are seeing a, a, an amazing ministry uh, engaging with people's mental health issues and uh, jumping into that space. Uh, so um, in the midst of that, you've, you've also been training these other ladies who are involved in making disciples and how... They approach this issue of engaging with people's brokenness to see where is God moving and how can we do that. Draw that out a bit for us, the story. Well, we've been using a... It's really a tool, a training tool called My World. Uh, So it's fairly long. The long version is like 10 months. (laughs) But, But we've morphed it a little bit to fit with our situation. 
and make sure that the key stuff's there. But it's helping people become bold to engage in spiritual conversations. Uh, but even before that, it's helping people see who's in their network that needs Jesus and how can they intentionally engage with those people regularly. Uh, and and that's that's been really good, really good. And then how to use, how to run a discovery group. So, you know, the basic questions of um, read a passage of the scriptures, read it again, retell it in your own words, and then ask the basic questions. What do we learn about God from this passage? And, and then what do we learn about people? What do we learn about ourselves? And, and then to go on from there. It, it is so basic. Uh, and then the response, if this is real, what am I going to do with this? And so you've got that built in. Um, it's Ultimately, it's obedience to what you're learning through reading. And uh, just seeing uh, the girls on the team grow in their ability. Um, one of the girls on the team is still in the middle stages of becoming a follower of Jesus. Yeah. And and she's right there in the midst of all of this. So, you know, discipleship happens on the way. Mm. It, it's not sign up for this or do this. It, it's come with me and, and let's walk this path together. Mm. And, and that's what we're seeing. So one of the girls, uh, Karen, is she's, she's doing really, really great stuff in discipling. Um, She's working with at least a couple of people, and you know we we always aim to reach a group, not just an individual. Mm. But sometimes the isolation in country it, it makes that a little bit more complex. Yes. So you know we're not stuck by hard fast rules. Well, let's do what what needs well what fits with where you are. Yeah, that's awesome. So really, um, the people who are being trained to make disciples, some of them are becoming disciples and and uh, on the journey as they're doing it. But they're they're invited into the journey of mission that is discipleship, right? Yeah, and that's uh, that's a radical paradigm shift for for many of us, as we we often think you have to come in, you have to uh, go through the process, which is a, often a salvation prayer, and then go to classes for discipleship, and then. Then maybe one day, one day, God will use you. But here you are, you've got someone right from ground zero in engaging in the, the area of brokenness. And um, I'm presuming she has some passion for that area. She sure does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so yeah. she's just uh, learning how God intersects with our brokenness so that we may um, uh, be transformed and yeah. be whole. Yeah, that's right. So we invite her, come with, she's one of us. She's part of it. She's part of the team. And so come, we're going to pray. And she joins us and she's praying. So it's really on on the job, <laughs> um, discipleship, yeah. Which I, that just sounds like Jesus to me and how he made disciples, yeah. That's just such a wonderful story of uh, things that are coming out of the, the Hills Hub, I think you call it, yeah. and engaging with brokenness and, and uh, discipling people. Tell us uh, uh, another story from your, your fields out there in Western Australia, Jill. Yeah, we've got a young couple, uh, Rowan and Anika, 
exciting things happening in their lives. He's he's got a bigger vision than just his local community. He's, he's ready to take a region. And at Christmas time, he was talking with uh, Anika's auntie at a family event, and uh, they got talking about discovery. And this auntie was quite engaged. What what does that look like? How how do you do it? Who could you do it with? And and he pulled out a the bookmark that we've produced that's got the the ABCs of how to do a discovery Bible reading group. And on the other side, it's got uh, 10 stories of hope where people, you know, you read through these stories, there's a very strong chance you're going to meet Jesus through that. Your understanding of Jesus will be heightened and enhanced. So he gave her this bookmark. Well, by the middle of January... Uh, we hear that um, she's had a, a Bible study group, which has been dry, and and she's morphed it. She's changed it. It's become a discovery group. And she wants more copies because she's sharing this around with other people in the region she comes from. So we, we were talking, so I have coaching sessions with uh, Rowan quite regularly, and saying, so tell me about this, you know, where are they? Oh, they're here at this this town. We'll call it T1. Uh, and then I said, so, but what about this town here? You know, it's only 80 k's away. Um, we, we've got a couple who moved from this church to that area, to T2, for a job in November last year. Oh, yeah. He hadn't put two and two together. And then we know at T3, there's a guy was over from... Sydney, he's got a family friend, she's now married, and uh, with a farmer in T3. And do you know what? We realise some of them know each other. In fact, Auntie Ruth's husband works with the guy who moved from the hills. So we've got this connection of three towns, and then we find out Auntie Ruth is actually running Discovery Group in T4. So we've got four towns in a little cluster and at Easter time this year, uh, Rowan and Anika are taking another young couple from the Hills Church and they're going camping uh, in T1 with the first family. And the others, they're inviting all the others to come. Come and learn about discovery. Come and learn about making disciples. Come and we can paint a vision for you. Can you imagine new disciples through these little towns in the south, in the great southern of Western Australia? So that was really, we, we got quite excited about that. Uh, and we've got all these connections there. They just need pulling together, inspiring and sending out. So I was talking with Rowan and Anika, and I said, so Anika, how could you be involved with this? She's got four little kids. Mm. She and Rowan have got four little kids. So her hands are pretty full. But she said, I, I, I could talk with them about how you can connect with people. In, in your network, you know, in, oh, so what, what would you do? I'd like to tell them about the Bless Prayer program that we had used a couple of years ago, and this had really engaged her uh, um, amazingly. We saw amazing things happen after that. So it's this way that you pray for five people in your network five minutes a day for five days of the week for five weeks. Can you just repeat that, Jill? <laughs> yeah. You pray for five people 
for five minutes a day, for five days of the week, for five weeks. Are you saying we should pay 25 minutes? or you? No, 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 just five. Just five, five. people. Let's do the achievable. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you're actually not pleading, asking God to do anything other than to bless these people. You're not asking him to change them in any way or anything. Just bless these people. Bless B, body. That's day one. Day two is their labor. That's their work. Day three is their emotional needs. Day four is their social needs. And day five is their spiritual needs. Now, Anika had had grasped it. It really resonated with her. And we saw great things happen. She got connected with people in her local community. She's asking God to bless them. So I said, what what would help you when you guys go to the Great Southern over Easter? Oh, she said, if there was something, some little tool that I could you know, hold on to and hand out to help people understand the process. Well, we've been producing bookmarks, uh, easy to carry, easy to give around. And I said, so what if we put that, the information on a new bookmark for you? (gasps) That'd be great. So we produced a new bookmark called the Bless Prayer (laughs) Bookmark. And it's colour-coded with our other... Uh, tools that we use to help people connect and Anika's taking it to the Great Southern to help these people that we've, you know, we've got footholds in there um, to help them grasp how they can engage their local communities. Well, that's awesome. That's just fantastic. And so what I'm actually hearing here is relational networks. Yes, yes, it's, Dave. It's... it's v- we're seeing it very strong, very strong in the West. Um, and it's cross-generational. It's not, not just one generation. We one, two, maybe three, four. Uh, and and just, and I, so I love to map stuff, um, the anthropology and sociology. And, but, but it just helps us see what's happening where. And, 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 you know, I really love to engage others with that too so that, so Rowan hadn't picked up on that that network that was already there, but we hadn't put it together. And so um, that's, that's a great thing to do, to have a pictorial yes. um, image yes. of connections. Uh, I think the biggest mistake we make is, number one, we think of disciple-making movements and those tools as evangelism strategies – well, they're actually group-forming strategies to help dis- be- people become disciples and eventually form church. Uh, but the other, the other idea coupled with that evangelism strategy being the mistake is finding strangers. And you go out and you, you try and find a whole bunch of strangers and you find the effectiveness of that is greatly diminished compared to following the, the lines of relationship that are there. And, and multiplication always happens along relational lines. So if you want to see movement, just follow the relational lines. Before long, you will get to uh, an overwhelming amount of people because um, we've, we're told that we're only separated, we're only seven degrees of separation from anyone on the planet. So there's, that's seven relationships. So you follow those relational lines, you connect with so many people. And... Um, that's, that's a really great um, 
a great lesson for us is uh, often when we think, where do I start? Well, look close. Look at your relationships. And then often you need to step back and look closer again. Yeah. So look at what's right under your nose. And don't eat it. Just put it down. Put it yeah. Put it all down. Don't and exclude yeah, people. Yeah. That's right. Don't say you're not there. No, it can't, not can't possibly be that one. Yeah. But just put them, put them down on your mm-hmm. network map. That's, that's awesome. Love the blessing prayer. Um, it was Phil Alessi who it first was. introduced the <laughs> yeah. blessing prayer. And one of the most powerful tools that I saw was that, that small video. I think it was a lady called... Laura. Yeah, Laura. Laura. Yeah. And this is a this is a new mum who's exhausted with no sleep and her baby and she's saying, How can I possibly uh, jump into this sphere? But she learned how to simply pray five minutes a day for five people and over over for five areas of body and their work and their emotional life and and uh, social and spiritual life. And suddenly God opened all these doors around her to, to form groups. Wonderful. And, and Anika was there that night. And her response was, you know, we started praying after Phil had been talking. And her response was, no more excuses, Lord. I won't make any more excuses. And that was a, that was a catalyst for her becoming a real disciple maker. Yeah, and Anika is a mum of four. She heard another mum talking and that was very applying these simple tools. And uh, that's another real great principle. Simple tools multiply real fast and empower people. That's awesome, Jill. That's awesome. Jill, so many good things happening and seeing things multiply around you. I know you've just shared two circumstances and there's actually numbers of stories and numbers of teams going on over there in Western Australia. Is there anything you'd just like to leave as a final word of encouragement to people who are listening to this as they're going for their jog or they're on their walk or driving to work? Um, How would you uh, like to finish our conversation? I want to say... Be bold to make life-changing difference in your own life. It it, it might just be blessing someone for five minutes a day, but you never know where that's going to take you. That's the first step. So be bold. It's like saying yes to Jesus and, yes, I will do this, Lord, and I expect, I have this strong expectation that Jesus is going to be at work. And whether you're leading a team or whether you're just a brand new disciple, you just keep saying yes to Jesus in those little things, things that you don't think are going to be have major influence. You, I think you're going to be surprised because God wants to use us and he wants to use all of us. No one is excluded this is possible and we can all make disciples. And so I think that that's what I want to say. Keep going, people. Don't give up and just be ready. That little step, take the little step, the next little step and see what God's going to do and who knows what's going to happen. We, you know the vision of having discovery groups and hubs of disciple makers right across this nation. It's a huge vision. But it actually starts with people saying, yes, Lord, I believe you want me to be part of this and I believe you can use me. 
saying the power of his spirit, go, go do it and take that first step.